Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Acts 6. Organization is a necessity of life. Now, some of you may not like to hear that. You're maybe not the most organized person and you want everything to just happen organically. Well, we need to remember that our God is an organized God and there's even order to his creation before the fall. And when we think about something like the church, there is organization that is required there. It's just a necessity. Church is not going to work without some level of organization. And what we're going to see is God gives instruction and example of what that should look like, but also we're going to see at the center of God's organization of the church, character is always a prominent feature. And we're going to see a little bit of this today in Acts chapter 6, where there's kind of three sections in our reading. And the first talks about these men that are chosen to serve. Now, I think it's going to be helpful as we go through this passage to keep some categories that will become clearer as we continue to read through the New Testament in mind. And if you want one major cross-reference for this first part of Acts 6, it would be 1 Timothy 3. And in 1 Timothy 3, you will find the requirements for two different offices of leadership in the church. And the first is that of overseer. And there's a variety of Greek words used to describe that. The words that we use probably the most in our culture to describe that office of overseer are pastor and elder. Those are synonymous terms talking about the same office of overseer. And then there is the term deacon, which that comes straight from the Greek word diakonos, which means servant. So you've got the overseers and then you've got the the servants. And even from the requirements there, while every Christian should serve, you see that some of these are serving in a more official capacity within the church. And as we think about those categories, that's what we see here at the beginning of Acts chapter 6, because there is a practical dispute that comes up uh, where the Hellenists, those were more kind of Greek-influenced people, and now they're within the church. They're complaining against the Hebrews because the widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. So the church was trying to take care of of widows, and the more Greek-influenced people in the church were complaining that their widows were being neglected. And so the 12, who these disciples, they're really the overseers of the first church there in Jerusalem. And they say this, it is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the Holy Spirit and of wisdom, who we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Now, there you see some things to learn about the office of pastor or overseer or elder. The focus of their work is meant to be on prayer and the ministry of 
the word. They should be teaching the word. They should be praying and they should be devoted to those things. Now, of course, are some things going to come up where even like this situation, they have to give some input on it. But as for carrying it out, servants in the church need to be raised up to lead in this way. But notice, even as they look for these servants, character is a requirement. The, the, the seven men need to have a good reputation and they need to be full of the spirit and of wisdom. And, and so as we think about that, those would be things that I would encourage every Christian to aspire to. And even if you look at the requirements of character uh, for a deacon in First Timothy 3, I think every Christian should aspire to those things. Uh, and again, that's the common thread to look at in 1 Timothy 3 as well. Notice when it talks about these two offices, the requirements are character. We need leaders of character in the church. And we get introduced in this process to a man named Stephen, who will be the focus of the next couple chapters. And even as it lists the name, the names, it highlights him as a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Again, uh, something that we should all aspire to. And so there, we, we learn some about the organization of the church. And again, I want you to see that character is at the center of that. And then the next section of our passage is really just verse seven. And it's another one of these summary statements talking about what's happening in the church. It's the word of God that is increasing and the numbers of disciples are multiplying. And even this highlights many of the priests are becoming obedient to the faith. So even consider the context back to chapter five, that, hey, they're not going to be able to overthrow it. No, in fact, the gospel is now beginning to overthrow the religious establishment as some of the priests are putting their faith in Christ or here becoming obedient to the faith. But then the third section of our chapter today talks more about Stephen. And it, again, it gives more description of Stephen. He's full of grace and of power. And he's doing great wonders and signs among the people. But now we start to get into there's conflict and we're going to see, again, spoiler alert, that probably isn't a spoiler for many of you. Stephen is going to be martyred. He's going to become the first martyr of the early church, at least that we know of, or that's recorded in the book of Acts. And it describes the dispute that comes up. And one thing you should notice is that the the evidence they give against him is false. Their case against Stephen is based on lies. And even that should ring a bell. If you go back to Matthew 5, when Jesus talks about people persecuting you and accusing you falsely on my account. And I think that's something you're going to see even today. People are going to twist and distort the truth of the scriptures to turn it into an attack on God's people, where they're not always going to come after Christians saying, well, this guy says he's a Christian and that he loves Jesus. No, they're going to twist something that you say to make it mean something that you're not saying it's mean, right? They're going to paint you as, as a bigot who hates other people. When if you're really a Christian, that's not true, um, but that's what they're going to describe your beliefs as. And you see here, that's as old as the first martyr, them twisting things, them coming up with outright lies to accuse him. But in the midst of all of these false accusations, it says, and gazing at him, all who sat in the council saw that his face was like the face of an angel. He is not uh, bothered. He is not disturbed. He is set on what he is supposed to do. 
And so there, even as we consider the example of Stephen, I think there is a lot we should aspire to. We'll get more than he's going to give a a message basically in chapter seven, and we'll get more into that tomorrow. But for today, we, we think of Stephen, one of really the first deacons in the early church. And I think he presents an example that we should all aspire to. These men were to be full of the spirit and of wisdom and have a good reputation. Is that something that you are pursuing? Also, it describes him as someone that was full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Could the same things be said of you? And finally, he is described as full of grace and power. Now, that's something we need in our culture, even as we proclaim the gospel. There should be a power in that, and there should be grace in that. Uh, and we, we should have both of those things. We certainly don't want power in, in our preaching without any grace for the hearers, but we don't want grace to an extent that it causes us to back down or to not speak clearly the truth of God's word. So, Churches need organization, but if your church is organized according to the Bible, the people that are leading you in church should be an example. And we have a great one here in Stephen, and I hope all of us are challenged by his example and that we follow in those same footsteps of grace and power, full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, people of good reputation. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.